play an axe today. Anybody want to play an axe? We're going to play around an axe today. It's going to be so fun. I'm excited. It's going to be good. Let's see if I can figure out how to open that. There we go. All right. These last two weeks, we, we've been on vacation while you're turning to Acts chapter 9. Um, we've been on vacation. We went uh, the first week, last weekend, or the first weekend we were gone, um, we went on a camping trip, which is actually the first camping trip of my marriage in 13 years. Is that crazy? Where are my campers at? We, people who love camping. Where are the people who don't like camping? Where are those people at? We, I knew there was a few. I knew there was a few. Um, I, I, my, my bride and I, our, our normal form of camping is usually at a three-star and above hotel. That's what type of camping we usually like to do. But um, I was, I was uh, instructed by a pastor, mentor, and friend of mine, Pastor John Hansen, out at Centerpoint Church. And um, he actually said, Justin, you need to go camping once a year, take a Sunday off. I don't care if it's the backup assistant to assistant youth pastor preaching, which we had much better preaching these last two weeks than that. Uh, but uh, you have to take a weekend off and go camping with your kids while they're still little and uh, make memories. So we did that. We had such a good time. I didn't send pictures so that you could see them all. I should do that. You know what? I'll put them all on Facebook today. If you want to see that, I'll, I'll put just a whole bunch of them. So we did that first. Then we drove out to Branson, Missouri. So we spent four or five days at Chelsea and I's favorite type of camping place at a resort for four days. After we did the the sleeping on the ground stuff, um, we did that. And then uh, after that, I went and preached out in in, uh, Nashville. Did some of you catch that? Watch that out there. I preached out in Nashville. It was super fun. And then we drove through the night, went to North Carolina so we could go to Elevation Church. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. You guys, that building that we walked into in Ballantyne is the same building plans that they gave us a couple of years ago. So we're just waiting for the money and the land to say, hey, we're going to put this building. I, I mean, I walked through our building and it was beautiful. So I'm just telling you, it's awesome. I'm excited for what God has for us. It's going to be amazing. Right after that, we drove all the way down to Florida, spent some time with my, my sister and, uh, and, and the family down there, and it was super fun. My four-year-old came back talking like a Southern, you know, who's just <laughs> awesome. I mean, he, he yelled at me at the end of dessert. First of all, I was, I was eating dirt pie. Does anybody know what dirt pie is? What is it? Dirt cake. I'm sorry. Southern people are, are uh, confronting me on, on the proper terminology. Dirt cake, which is basically pudding with Oreo crumbs on the top. And so I ate all that because that was delicious. And then I had some crumbs on my cake, and here comes my four-year-old, and he says, Dad, eat your crumbs and let's go outside. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, what is happening? They're getting taken over. So anyway, pray for my family. We are still... Getting over our southern draw, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, 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 it'll be fun. And then you guys had a lot of fun while we were gone. Goodness gracious. I mean, we leave for five minutes and it turns 115 degrees outside. It's fires start everywhere. And as soon as we are driving back in, the rain comes and puts the fire out. I was, I was wondering, I'm like, man, maybe we shouldn't leave. I don't know if this is safe, you know. Um, but crazy things happen when we leave, you know. As soon as we left Florida, they got hit with a, a hurricane, so I was like, well, I can't be in all places at once, but thank goodness Jesus can. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. We're getting all silly. So today's message is titled, On the Road. On the Road. Tell your neighbor, On the Road. Awesome. You can follow along on the Bible app if you'd like, the Version Bible app. We're in there. Um, just click the More button, Events, and look up Livingstone's Church. All my notes are in there. I do switch 
from the New Living Translation to the King James Version, old school, at the very end of this one, but uh, so you can follow along in there, all right? Who's in Acts chapter 9? All right, here we go. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Man, that's an excited guy right there. So we went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He watched... He watched to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Come on, this guy is like fired up, ready to take some, take some prisoners. Are you with me? Verse 3, as he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell on the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse 5, who are you, Lord? And it's got a little L, so he's not acknowledging God as God right there. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Verse 6, now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you that we can get into your word this morning, and God, that you can speak to us. Lord, I thank you for bringing our home back to safety as you brought the rains and put the fire out. And God, I thank you for all those who worked so hard and, and, and fought that fire this last week. And I pray that you'd just be with all those firefighters as they rest. And God, also that for those families that did lose their homes, which were very few in comparison, but God, we thank you for all the ones that you saved, for those that lost their homes. God, I pray that you just surround them with good people and that our community can love on them and, and help them in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And it's also... It's, it's the anniversary of September 11th today. I'm like, goodness gracious, there's a, a lot of things going on. And usually, a lot of the times, I'll, I'll put my message around September 11th so we can remember and think about those things. And, and uh, I didn't do that today, but uh, it, you, it, is, it is something to remember, not to forget. Uh, I remember September 11th was one of the most unifying times in our country where people actually cared about being Americans not Democrats and Republicans, not black and white, not vaxxed, no vax. We just loved each other. And I wish we could just get back to that place without another tragedy, just to be at that place where we love each other, where we take care of each other. We all bleed red, white, and blue. Come on, somebody. And uh, that, that stuff just gets me excited. <sighs> now, how many of us are, we, we use our GPS like for everything, like, even if you're just going across town, there might be an accident, and they might take you somewhere else, you know, like to get around that thing. Or you don't use it, and then you end up in traffic, and you're like, oh, and then you turn it on, and you're like, oh, there was an accident. Are you with me? Anybody? And so you can imagine as we, as we drove 103,000 miles. No, that's not right. 100, 103 hours. That's what it was. 103 hours. Yeah, pastors exaggerate a little bit. Just... <laughs> Just a teensy bit, you know? If I were a mouse, it would feel like it was 103,000 miles. But no, it was, it was actually about, uh, I think it was 5,000 miles is what it was altogether. But 103 hours of driving. Does anybody get excited about 103 hours of driving? Anybody like road trips and considers that? That is not a road trip. That is like a death sentence, right? You know? And as you're reading the GPS, like you go to look up your trip and how long it's going to take. And there's just so many variables, 
when you're driving for 30 hours and one stent. Are you with me? Like there's, there's accidents in Arizona when you're in Texas and they're, they're, they're calculating that in when I'm like, I'm not going to get there for like 14 hours. Like it's hopefully going to be gone by then. We shouldn't calculate an extra hour into this. But anyway, it does. And, and I remember as we were looking at these things, it's trying to recalculate us. And, we're, oh, you know, you're going to have to go all the way up here now and into the panhandle of Texas. And I'm like, what are we doing? This is ridiculous. And so anyway, I, I do love my GPS, but gosh, it can be a little bit fun sometimes. Here's my first point this morning for those taking notes. Do we have some note takers out there? I see, I see Pastor Sarah's got her notes. We've got some people cheering for notes now. What did you guys do this last week? They're like, yeah, we're taking notes. Come on, somebody. All right, first point this morning is God can change my direction while on the road. God can change my direction while on the road. As we're reading there in Acts, and, and we're, we're reading about Saul, and, and for some of you, you may not know him as Saul, but you might know him as Paul, the apostle, the one who wrote half the New Testament, that guy. You know, like, he's kind of an important guy. And as we're reading about him, we're talking about this guy who is, with the intention, with glee in his heart, is about to go and kill Christians. He's like fired up about it. Like he woke up this morning all giddy. I can't wait to take these people to prison and hopefully they get sentenced to death. That's Saul. Like does anybody get excited about that guy? Like when I think about the people I want to meet in the Bible, like when I get to heaven one day, Paul is one of them. Wrote half the New Testament. I mean this, this dude was crazy for the faith, but he was also crazy negative when he started. Come on, somebody. Now, don't look around the room, but you've probably met some people that started out crazy negative. Are you with me? Right? They never had anything positive to say. Always going the wrong direction. Maybe, maybe sin was something they did for fun. Are you with me? Come on. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, I did sin for fun. Wait a minute. Is that me? I don't know. Some of us are, are modern-day Saul's. Looked for people to persecute. I get friend requests on, on Facebook for people who are anti-church and things like that. They just want to argue with me. Like, like oh, you're a pastor? Here, let me hit you with this. And, and there's a whole lot of fun that comes with that. But I always pray for them because I think to myself, man, you could be a Paul. You're a Saul right now, but you could be a Paul. Man, the passionate and the negative, at least you're out there saying something and doing something. There's a lot of people who just sit around and do nothing. Come on, somebody. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You may think your life is headed in a direction that you can't stop. Some of us, we, we've been sinning so long, we've been doing the wrong thing so long, sometimes we've even wrapped our lives around the thought of what we're doing and how we're doing it, and, and we know it's not the right thing, but we do it because it's what makes us feel good. It's all the people that we know, it's our friends. And so we're afraid to let go of that or step away from that. And we think this is just the way our life goes. This is the way my dad did it. This is the way my grandpa did it. This is the way my mom did it. This is the way my grandma did it. I guess this is just who I'm going to be. I think a lot of us are like that. And maybe we look at somebody like Saul. I, I mean, as we read on here, you'll see like nobody else kind of looked at him with that glee in their eye. Like, I can't wait to meet that guy. Are you with me? Nobody was excited about Saul. No, it was actually worse. It was, they didn't want anything to do with him. Just know that maybe when you're on this road, that God might have other plans. God might have other plans. God might have other plans. 
you know, I think about this and, uh, no, I'm not going to go there. We'll, we'll go somewhere else. <sighs> so here we got Saul headed down the road. And he's going down the road with one intention. And it's to kill God's people. And he hears God say something else that would change his life and everyone's life around him, including yours and mine. Like God changed this guy's life so much that the the Bible that we read, the New Testament that we read is mostly written by Paul. So Paul impacts our lives in this moment. This is it right here. How many of us are having those moments where God's like, no, this is where things shift. This is where things change. This is where faith comes in. This is where you go from who you used to be to who you're going to be. Are you with me? God starts making a shift, and here's the shift. Let's go back to Acts 9, verse 7. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice but saw no one. Verse 8. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by hand to Damascus. Verse 9. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Verse 10. Now there was... There was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. Somebody say Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to see the house of Judas. To to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. Verse 12, I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Verse 13, but Lord, (laughs) this is how most of us reply to God, me included. But Lord, because I did the same thing when when I I was praying and God told me to ask Elevation Church for their their building plans. I thought, wow, what a bomber idea to to do, Lord, like I'm going to call this big church and say, hey, can I get the get your building plans? I'm, I'm thinking they're going to do background checks on me and all kinds of stuff after that. I'm going to get reported like, what is this guy doing? Why does he want our building plans? Are you with me? But I remember responding in faith going, okay, God, I'll do it. And I mean, I wrote the most faith-filled email, you guys. I wrote this email says, I wouldn't do this if I were you. But I was praying, and this is what God told me to do, so I'm doing it. Hope you have a great day. And that was it. Like, I'm like, they're never going to answer me. That's ridiculous. Who would do this? Months later, I got it, and I'll tell that story again another time. But God did some crazy stuff through that. But Lord, see, that was my response. But Lord, who would ask for building plans? Exclaimed Ananias. I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem. He's like, and you want me to go pray for him? But Lord, come on, somebody. Verse 14, and he is authorized. He's given authority. He's even been told he has orders by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. God, you're sending me into a trap. Come on, somebody. Verse 15, but the Lord said, oh, I love when when God puts his butt in the middle of things. But the Lord said, go. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. What a response. What a response. How many of us right now, we're we're, we're thinking about loved ones who've turned away from Christ. 
They've gone in a completely different direction. Maybe, maybe they went and got educated, right? They went to college and all of a sudden God doesn't exist anymore. I, I know that's what my college professor started telling me when I got out of the Marine Corps and went to college. All that stuff's flippity-flop, bloobidoo. I'm like, man, these guys are really intelligent. They must really know what they're... No, they don't know what they're talking about at all. I've seen God move. I've seen Him do miracles. I've seen Him touch people's lives. I've seen Him change people's lives. Now, so I'm not saying bad things about education, but I don't know why these things are being taught in our schools. When we live in a free country where people are allowed to believe whatever they want to believe, let alone believe the truth. Come on, somebody. But he's sitting here thinking, man, this Saul guy's a bad guy. Why do you want me to go pray for him? He has the authorization to put me in jail and have me sentenced to death. And then God says, but go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles. I wonder if God is saying about, about you today. I wonder if he's saying that about your loved one today. See, they're just waiting for God to put his butt in the middle of their situation. Seriously. All of a sudden, we, if, as we keep praying, I've I got to be honest with you, I think that fire went out because there's a whole bunch of people praying in this valley. I think so. I think so. I think people were praying. I, I tell you what, we were praying over, over in uh, Florida because we had prayer night on Tuesday night. The fire had just started. And, and I'm sitting there. I'm praying with these Pentecostals, man. They're just getting it. Are you with me? Like, like they, don't, they, don't, they wear ties like all the time. Like, like it's cr- I'm, I mean, I told them, this is what I look like when I preach. And they're like, you do that in church? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> if you come to my church, you'll look funny if you come in a suit. Are you with me? But we're praying, when we're praying for this fire, we're praying for those things and to watch God do what he did. Man, a hurricane in Southern California. I mean, as long as we've lived here, I've never seen a hurricane hit this place. That's crazy. Are you with me? God is just that good. He'll do crazy things to make things happen. Are you with me? So, so good. I guess we should probably get to point number two, huh? That would be good. (sighs) When God chooses who he uses, who, who we are known as, And what everyone else thinks about us matters very little. It matters very little. It doesn't matter what everyone else thinks about you when God calls you. This is Saul. This is the persecutor of Christians. The murderer of Christians takes joy and delight in arresting those who proclaim the name of Christ. And God says, no, but I have a purpose for him. Listen, he's saying that about your, your wayward son right now, your wayward daughter out there, your, your brother and your sister that are far from the Lord, your husband, your wife that maybe aren't coming to church and don't believe in God. I want to tell you right now, he's, he's saying, no, 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 I get the last word. I get the last word of who I say they are. Here's point number two. God can change my purpose while on the road. God can change my purpose while on the road. See, Saul's purpose, he was commissioned, he's paid to, this is his way of life, his way of living, it's how he takes care of his family, it's how he does what he does. He gets paid to go and lay the smack down on Christians, are you with me? So for him to convert to the other side would be to put his whole livelihood behind him. Oh man, that's scary, isn't it? What if God asks you to change your whole purpose on the road? All of a sudden, you thought you were going this direction. He said, no, I just took you that way because I wanted you to get to this road so you could go over here. All of a sudden, the GPS changes. Are you with me? All the, it's like, wait, 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 turn left. Why am I going to turn left? Oh, it's going to save me an hour and a half? Okay, I'm going to turn left here. Are you with me? God starts changing things up a little bit. He's like, no, no, I brought you down this road just to get you to that one. John 3.3. 3. 
says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. See, I, I love that when they're talking about Saul here, and, and Saul goes blind for three days. And I think about that almost in a spiritual way. Like he, when, when he said, who are you, Lord? It was that lowercase l. It means I don't acknowledge you as my God. I don't acknowledge you as my Lord. You're somebody important, huh? You're telling tell me what to do. Are you with me? But there's something that shifts. That, that blindness was, was spiritual before it was physical. He didn't see God as God. He didn't see Jesus as Lord. Are you with me? Something shifted in his spirit where, where he had to be impacted and empowered and encounter God before something happened and something shifted. Amen? You guys still here? All right, just want to make sure. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see the kingdom of God. When we allow the creator of the universe to redefine us, somebody say redefine. When we allow the creator of heaven and earth to redefine us, we are no longer what we used to be. We are something new. Oh, you know how easy it is to fall into who you used to be? Those things you used to do for comfort, are you with me? There's so many things. It's who you used to be. There's this fight between who you used to be and who God called you to be. There's this battle in there, and, and there's this, these thought processes, these things. And, and I think why Saul and Paul, this Saul-Paul situation happening here, why it was so powerful is because he went the other direction so fast and so on fire, reckless and abandoning everything he had to go after Jesus. Are you with me? This is where things shift for people. I, I get asked all the time why God does so many amazing things in our church, and I think it's because I'm not afraid to let him do it. Are you with me? If it offends people, it offends people. If it's weird, oh well. It's God. He's doing it until he stops doing it. I won't stop praying for it. Are you with me? If God said miracles were now impossible, that we've ran out in heaven, we don't have any more to give out, I'll finally stop praying for it. Are you with me? But until then, if I keep seeing him do another one, oh, he'll just get me excited and I'll pray for another one. Come on, somebody. When you let your creator redefine you, consider it an opportunity. You hit this fork in the road. All of a sudden, you were on purpose. You were doing something. You had something you were going for. And God says, nope, I got something else for you. There's, it's an opportunity. Somebody say opportunity. It's an opportunity to be used by God in a way that that road that our life was taken so far would seem impossible. Impossible. Right, right Pastor AJ? What people have said it was impossible to see who you are. This, this last couple weeks preaching on this stage instead of what you used to do. Come on, somebody. Like, like there's something that shifts inside of you. Like I remember growing up as a shy, introverted kid. Not talking to anybody. Not having a lot of friends. I didn't want too many friends. They bothered me. Are you with me? I got some introverts in the house. Like you're like, the, the shutdown was the best thing ever. I could sit in my house all day. Are you with me, some of us? I enjoyed it, I'll be honest with you, sitting in my pajamas while I watch myself preach online. Good job. You know, like, I did that on Tuesday. You know? I was born for Zoom meetings, not having to wear pants. Are you with me? There you go. Don't think about it. It's just a statement. You just say, amen, me too. That's all you do. You don't think about it. Welcome to church, everyone. All of you watching online. Ah. 
right? <laughs> verse, verse 17. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Gosh, I wish it was that fast for all of us, right? Like, well, you know, I'll attend this church for a little while. I'll make sure that the kids' program works really well and that the worship's exactly the way I want it to. And then, then if I like it well enough, then maybe, you know what? I, I actually am listening to the message now, and, and I think that uh, I might want to actually give my life to Jesus. And in a couple months, I might even get baptized. This is why Paul turned into, or Saul turned into Paul so quickly. The scales fell from his eyes. He realized who Jesus is. And immediately he went and got baptized. Like, like I can imagine this guy like, hey, how do, what do I do? How do I get this thing going? Like, I just met the God of the universe. I just met the most incredible. I, I have to do, what do I need to do next? And I can just see Ananias going like, I don't know, there's a pool right here. Let's just do this thing. You're like, and you know, like, like okay, like this, this muddy little thing. Like, we're going to make this happen. Who knows? So I, I'll tell you what, if somebody said right now, hey, pastor, can I get baptized today? I'd be like, I I don't know. I mean, the only pool of water we have in this place, I think, is the toilet back there. We can make this happen. I mean, no. See, sometimes we revert back to our old selves. I, you guys got to help me with this. No, I never gave anybody a swirly. I didn't, I didn't do it. No. It's true. I didn't do it. I, w- I, was just, I was just telling you stories on behalf of Pastor AJ. I was asking him, what was it like to put their head in there? Anyway. Anyway. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized, verse 19. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Mm. You know, while we were traveling, when we left um, Nashville, which is a very pretty place, when we left Nashville, we left in the middle of the night and drove through the night to North Carolina. So we could, I preached on Saturday night and I wanted to go to church in North Carolina on Sunday morning. I was so excited. But the rain was like so bad like during that during the night and and it was just pouring down you couldn't see the road like you barely could see like the lines on both sides and and poor Chelsea she's she wears glasses and so so the glare on her glasses is making it even worse and she's like honey I'm so scared she's driving and and we had to end up going and switching so I could drive because I don't have the glare that she has and but it was so scary, and we had to just trust our GPS that we were going the right way. And I'm looking at the, the bends in the GPS going, okay, I guess we're getting close to that one, and we're going close to that one. Like, like playing a video game with your life. Are you with me? Like, it was just wonderful, you know, through the mountains in North Carolina. And, and, uh, but we got where we needed to go, and that was what mattered, right? Are you with me? It was difficult to see the road, and I lost my vision for a moment because of obstructions coming. Are you with me? These things start coming into your life and they start pouring and they start pouring on top of you and you feel like you can't, you can't even see the road in front of you. You don't even know where it's going. You're just having to trust the GPS. Are we headed the right direction or am I headed off a cliff? I don't know, but I'm trusting you, Lord. And it keeps pouring out and pouring out. Are you with me? Here's point number three for my note takers. God can change my vision while on the road. God can change my vision while on the road. Proverbs 29, verse 18. And this is in the King James Version, so we're going old school for a minute. Verse 18 says, where there is no vision. Somebody say, where there is no vision. vision. The people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. 
I, don't, I never get to say keepeth that church, so that was fun. <laughs> Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. You know what? I, even when Saul could see, he had no vision. He didn't know Jesus. He didn't know him. And, and as soon as those scales were taken off of his eyes, he could see again. Not just, not just physically, but he could see spiritually now. He's like, there's a purpose. We have to change right now. Like this guy was scaring Ananias a minute ago. Like, God, why would you do this to me? Isn't there someone else that can pray for this guy and then get hung or, or murdered or whatever? I don't know if I'm up for this. Poor Ananias. And then all of a sudden he prays for this guy and he gets healed. And God touches his life and gives him a vision. Not just physically, but spiritually. How many of us need our eyes to be opened? God, help me to see why you have me at this dead-end job. God, help me to see why I've struggled with this thing over and over in my life. God, open my eyes. Get the scales off of my eyes today so I can see there's a greater purpose. A greater purpose. Somebody who was so addicted. Listen, uh, when I was in, in, in uh, Nashville and I got to preach to this amazing crowd of 13 people. 13 people. It was awesome. And, and you know what? We were talking to him. And they're like, oh, man, that's so great. I'm so glad people came. He's like, dude, this is double what we normally have. I was like, that's awesome. I'm so excited. People were coming because he told them that, hey, when this guy prays, people get healed. There are people coming in there like just limping in like, I heard if I just came that maybe, oh, I got to pray for people. I got to see God do a work in people's lives. Oh, it's so awesome. If you want to see it, go online and watch that thing, man. But God was just doing it, and I got to prophesy over people. This one lady I got to prophesy over, I was telling her who God said she was. The water falls in the name of the Lord. You can put it on the floor there so it doesn't fall. Maybe. We'll see. And I'm praying for this lady, and, and, and she's just bawling. She's just crying. God's show, showing me that she's a general in his army. That if she prays, things happen. I said, I was telling her, you need to come to church early. While they're, while they're practicing worship, you should be in another room just shouting down heaven, getting in there and praying for these things. And she starts crying. And, and afterwards, she tells us, she says, listen, I'm, just, I'm, I'm only three years off of alcohol and drugs. I've been clean for three years. And when you were praying for me, I knew that it was a word from the Lord, that he had called me to more, that he had called me to greater things. And as we're talking to this lady, oh my goodness, I could just see the purpose falling on her life. Are you with me? There's something that shifts. You can go from being an addict to being on purpose for the Lord. Watch God do what he can do. I was so grateful to get to go there and, and preach some encouragement into that team. But we're all on this road called life, aren't we? And right now our GPS might have us going in a direction that we think is not the best, might be difficult. We may not understand it fully. We might think it's for a specific purpose. But here's the thing, we, we go from our global positioning system, GPS, knowing where you are, to a God positioning system. You see, Saul knew he was on a road to Damascus. 
so I could take some people out and put them in jail. I've got my GPS. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm here to do. And then God comes in and switches things up and says, no, I've got a God positioning system for you. I need you to have this. And he gives all of that up to start going and sharing the gospel. If you read on from there, he's immediately preaching. Listen, you guys, no seminary stuff, right? I mean, he, he was a Jew, so he was very educated in understanding the Torah. But a relationship with Jesus was new to him. This was new to him. And all of a sudden, this passionate man is going out and preaching to the Gentiles. I mean, he even confronts Peter later, saying, Peter, you're a Jew. You should, what are you doing? We're supposed to take the gospel to everyone. Are you with me? This is the guy who's writing letters from jail saying, hey, this is what we're called to do. This is what we need to do. Be encouraged. You, you be of good cheer. You can do this. Have, have faith. Keep believing. Are you with me? God used this man who is a murderer to go and bring the gospel, bring hope to people who didn't have it otherwise. How many of us are on that road and we just need God to switch out our GPS? To that God positioning system to show us where to go, show us what to do. <sighs> For some of us, they may, that may have already happened. God's already speaking to you. Maybe you just need a little bit of encouragement to turn your GPS back on. You've been driving on your own for a little while. You maybe got a little lost. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you're like most of us guys and don't stop and ask for directions. Are you with me? but you're in church today and God's speaking to you today and he's saying, hey, listen, I have a purpose for you and it's greater than you could imagine. It has very little to do with what people think about you or what you used to be, but I've got something for you if you'll only say yes to me. Other churchgoers might say, oh, not that guy, not that lady, oh, them preaching the gospel, oh, Probably somebody more qualified, Pastor. I don't know. Are you with me? I've had the pleasure of being that guy, sitting in circles. But God said, who cares what everybody else says? This is what God says about Paul. He says, you'll no longer be Paul. You're going to be, you'll no longer be Saul. You're going to be Paul. Are you with me? God gives you a new name. You're no longer an addict. You're a purpose-driven person. Are you with me? Watch what God can do through you. I'm going to take some, just a moment. We're doing really good on time. I need you guys to pray for me. Can you pray for me? I need you to pray for me because to get, I agreed finally to put our sermons on the radio. Here's the problem. I preach 45 minutes long, normally, and they asked it to be 28 minutes long. So I need you to pray for me. I'm trying right now. You're like, dude, you're getting closer. You've got like 10 more minutes that I have to cut off probably about, but we'll work on it. We're getting little by little. I'm hoping if I can get this stuff dialed in by the end of the month that maybe we can start hearing it on the radio starting next month. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see the process. But So I need you to pray for me for that when you think about it. Lord... Help pastor get all his points in in 28 minutes. Now, here's the cool part about that. 
If I get all the points in in 28 minutes, Holy Spirit can use the rest of the time to do whatever the heck he wants to do. Are you with me? And we can, we can just, we, I think sometimes my ADD gets the best of me. And here comes the voice of the Lord that says, Justin, stop. It's great that you preach. It's great that you're passionate. But you need to get this thing in 28 minutes so we can get it on the radio. And the rest of the time is my time. So you're taking my time, Justin. Sorry, Lord. I love you. And you love your people. When I got to Nashville and saw the expectation on people, that they were coming from across town, from towns away, like to see, I want to be healed. I want God to touch me. And that expectation that was there, it made me think like, Lord, I'm sorry for not even having that much expectation all the time. That you can do that in the middle of a restaurant. That you can do that right here on a Sunday morning. That you can do it wherever you want. Oh, it made me repent. Are you with me? As I'm meeting these people who walk in with diseases and, oh my goodness. So, this morning, if, if you haven't yet given your life to Jesus, I want to introduce you to my best friend. He's with me. He's my GPS. He guides me. He took me through a lot of crazy stuff. I'd love to tell you all the stories. And you'll hear them all multiple times. You stay here, right? Anybody heard some multiple stories the same time? Yeah. Or the same story multiple times? ADD is awesome. It's amazing. I'm pretty sure it's just an anointing. That's what ADD is. If your kid has ADD, they're supposed to be pastors. That's what it is. They won't function anywhere else. They can't. It's, it's just what they were built to do. So pray over your kids that have ADD and, and, and say, God, I've, I've, I've birthed the pastor. Here it comes. I just feel something real intimate here this morning. Like, I kind of wanted to come in with shouting and excitement and a bang and just like, hey, I've been off for two weeks. Let's unleash this thing. I just feel something really, really soft in this place. There's just, there's a softness to the Lord. It's almost like I was joking under my breath with my mother-in-law when they said, oh, man, this week's been really hard with the fires and stuff. I'm like, what fire? Because it was gone by the time I got here. So I had this, I was just joking around, but you guys probably went through a lot this last week, stress-wise. My stress was just trying to drive 30-plus hours, you know. <laughs> my, right now, you can pray for my knee, too. It, it swole up, not because I did anything, but just because I sat in the car for too long. Both my ankles swole up in my left knee, um, and so I was like, dang, getting old stinks, you know, sitting in one position for too long. And part of it was because I ate a lot of candy. Sugar, sugar overdose, yeah. You know, I found that jelly, the Jelly Belly jelly beans, really awesome for driving when you got to stimulate your brain because you get a different flavor. You're like, mm, oh, ooh, that was a good one. And you just keep driving, and then you get it like, oh, that tastes nasty. Oh, oh, and you get a different one, you know, like, oh. <laughs> like eight hours later, you're still like two-thirds of the jelly bean bag. Are you with me? Like, and then I wake up the next day, and my, my, I look like an elephant man, you know, like just like all swollen up. I'm like, what in the world? Stop the sugar after that, but it's fun. Ah, I've missed you, church. Ah, tell the person next to you I love you. Hmm. Even if you don't, just tell them from me. Say, Pastor loves you. Pastor loves you. Jesus loves you, even if you can't accept Pastor loves you. I love you, church. I'm excited for what God's going to do. Man. Just the cool things, the, the things that happened over the last couple of years. Some of them have been really hard, really challenging. But at the same time, 
Like God's doing a beautiful new thing. And everyone I see here is brothers, sisters, family. Everybody. Everybody. And you know what? This family has room to expand. Because there's people out there that don't have family right now. That went through that fire without the hope of each other. Didn't know who to call. All of us, we were watching on Facebook. We knew we could call. We knew we could call AJ and, and Keith. That they had connections. That they were getting people out and getting animals out and taking care of stuff. They had a family. We have a family. Man, we need to give that to people around us. You're not inviting somebody to church just so they can go to church and feel good about themselves that they went to church. If that's the only reason you come to church, stop coming. If that hurt your feelings, then you really need to stop coming. No, I'm being honest. Because if that's all you're getting out of this is a check in the box that you went to church, then you're here for no reason at all. But if you can really receive what God is saying and what he wants to do in and through your life, then you're going to be empowered. You're going you're gonna to go from your Saul moment to your Paul moment. You'll go from, oh my gosh, you need to be a part of the body of Christ. You need to be a part of the family. I became a part of this crazy family called Living Stones Church down the road. And we're nuts. We come at 8 o'clock in the morning and set up a whole church every single week. We're stupid. It's amazing. Are you with me? There's something crazy about this group of people. Crazy about this group of people. I got to share with that little church in Nashville. We're only three years old, you guys, so we're still babies. I had this idea while they were talking about us being babies, and, and, and I keep saying we're almost out of diapers. I'm, I'm going to call an audible. Is that okay? And, and I'm going to say, we're, we're, let's do a diaper drive on our birthday. I'm being serious. Let's do it. Let's do a diaper drive on our birthday. We're coming out of diapers as a church. We can, we can go and support the, the local birth choice where, where girls are having to figure out what to do in those different things. And we'll just give them a whole bunch of diapers. Is that, a, is that something we can do? I know you know those people. They'll be okay if I just show up with a bucket load of diapers. Will they? They'll be okay? Okay. I just want to make sure. Because if I show up with a, like a whole thing full of diapers, and they're like, sir, you can't do that here. I'm like, uh, what do I do with all these diapers? You know? so I just want to make sure it's okay before I say we're going to do this. Chelsea's not here to say you can't, you, you've got to tell the team before we say we're going to do something. Um, so she would usually tell me that I can hear her in my head right now. She's like, we should have talked about this as a pastoral team and make sure this was what we're going to do. We're going to do a diaper drive on our birthday. How's that sound? So we can help moms that are trying to figure out how to be moms and take care of stuff. Does that sound good? Oh, I've just had this burden on my heart for that since the whole Roe versus Wade thing. Just like, man, the church needs to be more involved more involved in helping moms figure out how to be moms and take care of things. How can we do that? And while I was sitting there, it's like all of a sudden God just put it in my head, you need to do this. Do a diaper drive on your three-year-old birthday. How fun will that be? How fun will that be? Anyway, man, gosh, having extra time is weird. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. How did I do time-wise, Dante? I was over by five minutes? That's not bad. We're, go we're doing better. All right. All right. <laughs> thank you thank you for cheering back there uh, tech they're like yeah good job you know what um, it is weird having this much time so you have to pray for me for that too I don't even I'm like Lord what do you want to do now um, but if you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything um, I want to pray for you we have time to do it so I want to pray for you if that's okay and is there anybody that needs prayer for something specific who came in here needing healing what, what did you need prayer for? Back home, family problem. Pray for them. 
Yeah, we'll pray for your family. We'll pray for your family back home. Who is over here? Raise your hand. Yeah. Mm. We'll pray over your body today. That's hard. I'm really proud of you for saying that in front of everybody. I would never have asked you to do that, and I would have been okay if you didn't. But I'm really proud of you because God can do it. This is family. That's right. That's right, Brittany. This is family. Brittany got to dedicate her daughter, Jade, up here a few months ago, and then she got to get baptized a couple weeks ago. (laughs) But to share that intimate knowledge that having to get a hysterectomy at 26 years old, that's really hard. That's really hard. And we're going to pray for you, and no matter what, if God heals you right now and you don't have to get that, and awesome, we'll be excited. But if you have to go through that process, we're going to be here with you. That's family. That's family. Who else need a prayer? I saw another hand. Yes, Phil, we'll pray, pray for Phil's family. We'll pray for your family. Who else need a prayer for something? Yeah. For your head? Yeah, dealing with those situations, those, those things. We've been praying together and doing some stuff together. Yes. Phil Norman, for his physical body. Yes, let's pray for that too. Let's pray for that too. Church family, let's all just scoot to the end. Can you scoot to the middle? Scoot to the end. You know it looks better for the camera anyway. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Look, it makes the church look full, you know. I'm just, I'm just playing. Scoot to the end. We're just going to all be right here in the middle, and we're going to pray together. If, if you're okay with holding the person's hand next to you, great. If you're not okay with that, if they have slimy hands, you know, just touch your shoulder. It's fine. Some people are yucky. Just part of being people. Father God, we sit here together as a family. And Lord, we just pray for you to touch these families that are asking for prayer. God, for the specific needs. Now, some specific needs were named, like what Brittany said. But for the rest of them, that it wasn't specific and that's for a purpose. It's because of love and love covers. And so, God, we, we cover these families and we cover Brittany and we cover them all in love right now. Lord, we are in this together. We're doing life together. And we're doing life together whether we're out in Joshua Tree or Connecticut or wherever people are watching from today. But we're doing life together. And so, God, I just pray over those, those said prayer requests and also the unsaid prayer requests, the ones that maybe we were too scared to ask for prayer for. God, I pray for those things right now. I pray for, I pray for abuse to stop right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for, I pray for the, the, mm, that contrary mind. I just, I just feel that spirit of depression, those things that are just swallow people up. It just takes over your whole life, and you can't see anything besides that, the negativity. So God, I just pray for the, the soundness of mind. That's, you said that's a fruit of the Spirit, is to have a sound mind. So God, I just pray for this church and every person in it, whether they're watching online and they're a part of this church in another state or they're right here in the room today. But I pray for every mind to have a soundness of mind right now in the name of Jesus, that we can walk in peace, walk with joy. And God, I pray over the physical bodies in this place my own knee included, God. I pray that, Lord, that you'd bring a healing touch to your church right now. You'd touch your people like only you can. Father, that we can give you glory for it. That we can share it with people around us. 
God, I pray that miracles would happen in this church. That people, as they would come, as they would listen online, I got, God, I pray, Lord, that you'd touch people's bodies like you did in the book of Acts over and over again. I pray for souls that are watching and listening to become Paul's in this moment. God, to be have so uh, such a fire of purpose, such a fire in their life. And God, we just thank you right now that you're in the midst of it all, that you love us and that you care about us. You are good and you do good. I thank you for this family. I thank you for this family, these people around us that we, we love and take care of each other. I, get, I thank you that we get to be silly, that we get to have fun, that we get to have spiritual breakthrough moments. God, that we, we even go through the trenches of, of despair together because that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. And so, Lord, I just pray for greater connection in this place. As we start rooted tomorrow, I pray for greater connection. Lord, as, as the youth meets on Tuesday, I pray for greater connection. Lord, as the women meet on Thursday, I pray for greater connection. God, for this youth camping trip that's now been opened up to the families if they want to go, God, I pray that you'd fill it up and that there'd be an encounter that happens out of that camping trip. We thank you, Lord, for every opportunity and every blessing. God, I thank you for this three-year-old birthday. I thank you for the hundreds of diapers that are going to come in so that we can go and help mothers. And God, show us more opportunities where we can help our community and, and do good and do good things. God, we give you the glory for it all. It's all in your name. It's all for you. And Lord, we love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ah, thank you for just engaging in this intimate moment together. Mm, it's just so good. I know we got a whole bunch of work to do to tear down the whole church again, but thank you. Thank you for being you. Wow. I loved being out there and out on the road, and, but I missed my family. You're my family. I love you. Goodness gracious, it's so fun. Ah. Let's go adopt some people this week. Can we do that? Let's go adopt our neighborhood. Adopt some people and bring them, bring, them to, bring them to family gathering. Bring them to the family gathering on Sunday mornings. That's all it is. That's all it is. We just gather as a family. A bunch of crazy people. None of us got it figured out. But together we're awesome, aren't we? Yes. It's amazing. It's amazing. I got to share with that little church in Nashville how, how our little church at only two years old had given away $90,000 in a year. Blew my mind. Like even to share that. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. But I'm proud of you. I'm proud of this church. I'm proud of you as people. You're growing. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Seek the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. Amen. I think that's Matthew 6.33. One of my favorite verses. Seek first the kingdom. Mm. I feel like we need to worship. Can we do something crazy, like just something rocking, like fun, like get rid of this somber moment, like let's get up here and dance and like have some fun for a minute. Can we do that? Let's do that. Yeah.
Just put on some worship and just praise your trials away. Amen. Amen. We love you, church. We'll see you next week.